Uh, those of you that are watching online, I know there are very good reasons why you are not here. So, and you, please do not feel, you know, that I'm pressing any buttons for you. I'm not. Uh, it's just lovely to have you all, wherever you are, um, either present here in the building or scattered and dispersed. It's a different way of being church now uh, and something that we'll need to get used to, I think, as the days and weeks unfold. Let's hear from God's word. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, praise his name. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvellous deeds among all peoples. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and glory are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of nations, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due to his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. The world is firmly established. It cannot be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let the sea resound and all that is in it. Let the fields be jubilant and everything in them. Then all the trees of the forest will sing for joy. They will sing before the Lord, for he comes. He comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in his truth. Let's, uh, let's join our voices to all of the created order as we sing together. Praise is rising. <clears throat> Okay. 
sit down, friends, let us pray. We echo the words of the psalmist and indeed the words of the song that we've just sung. You are uh, great, Lord, and most worthy of praise. You are above all other gods, and we will ascribe the glory that is due to your name. Uh, We come and bring you an offering of praise and thanksgiving and worship, and we trust, Lord, that it is acceptable in your sight. When we come into your presence, the presence of such splendor and majesty and might and glory, we are very, very aware of our own shortcomings. We know that we've said things, done things, even thought things which have not brought honour to you, and in fact, if they were to be known, they would bring shame to us. And we are truly sorry about those things. And with your help, we won't be like that again in the days that lie ahead. As we come freely confessing our sin and repenting of it, we pray that you will receive us, that you will renew us, restore us, and refresh us once again. We want to be all that we should be under your hand. And we pray, Father God, that as we become more aware of your grace and mercy towards us, we would learn to be generous towards ourselves and towards one another. Draw near and bless us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. David. All right, well, good morning, everybody. Good morning. morning. The, uh, um, oh, where's the camera, by the way? Have I got to get used to this? So there are people, hello, people on wherever you are. Brilliant. They're all different times, aren't they? Well, the theme today, I don't know whether you've noticed what's coming, it's basically to do with helping other people, being servants. So I thought what we'd do is have a little um, run through some roles of people who are servants who help us. And what what you ought to do is have a vote. Uh, I'm going to show you pairs of roles. And I've got my pen here. I want you to put your hand up for one one of each pair. Which would you rather be? You'll get the hang of it. So let's have a start. Have we got then of which would you rather be? And the first pair is? <laughs> yeah. The first pair is? I'm trying to share it to Sue, so just be good. All right. I mean, I've got them written here if you, if you can't get it to come up. While he's doing that, it's surgeon and nurse. So in hospitals... We have surgeons and nurses. Let's make a start while he gets that sorted, bless him. Put your hand up. So it's surgeon, either surgeon or nurse. Let's have a go. Hands up if you'd rather be the surgeon. Two. Nurse. Well, I'll put everybody else, basically. <laughs> I can't count you. I'll put 20. Two more for surgeon. Surgeons are up to four. Brilliant. Okay. Let's have a look at... Can we now move on to the next pair? Lovely. 
Okay, this time it's either teacher or dinner lady. So, show of hands, please, for teacher. That's about half of you. I'll put 12 down. I think there's about 24 of us here. Dinner lady. Are you all voting? That's less, isn't it? That's about eight now. Can you see the brighter people amongst you, the perceptive people may notice there's something different about the green and the brown rolls. I'll leave you dwelling on that because look at the next pair. They're green and brown again. While you think about what's common amongst the green and the brown ones, let's do our voting thing. Pilot and cabin steward. Pilot. Ten. Cabin steward. Or oh, twelve. Have you got the colour thing yet? I can't ask it a shout out because it's COVID times. Go on, your last one, the final pair. Chef and waiter. Hands up for chefs. How can I that? And waiters. Ooh, lovely. Did you get the um, difference in the colours, by the way, just before I top up those scores? The green ones are perceptive. You could argue they are the more sort of um, high-profile, important roles. And the brown ones, you know, surgeons and nurses work together. Chefs and waiters work together. The brown ones could be perceived to be less important. Um, just quickly totting up. Oh, bless my soul. <laughs> it's about the same. <laughs> So there goes my teaching point. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be looking later on at um, Jesus' attitude towards serving. You know, for him, that was absolutely key. No matter what, how important we think we are, Jesus is keen for us to be servants. Uh, and I'm just going to finish you off with a little video for you to watch. Do you remember when we were in lockdown, Petra and um, Lucas had these... I think they were Laura, Luke and Laura, these puppets. Do you remember the puppets? I've stumbled across their American cousin. He's called Douglas. And, and he's in this video, if we can get it working. I may have made is. a huge mistake. Hey guys, it's me again, Douglas, and I have some exciting news for you guys. Well, I thought it was exciting news, but it actually turns out to be terrible news. The news is I have become the new class president for my grade at my school. See, there was nobody who was wanting to be the class president. Nobody was running, and they needed somebody to run, and I was like, well, sure, yeah, I'll, I'll run for class president. And I won because nobody was trying to get it besides me, and uh, I, I, I got it. And then, and then once I became the class president... I got the list. There's this huge list of stuff that I'm supposed to do now. It's all my responsibilities because I'm the class president. I found out why nobody wanted this job because it comes with a whole lot of work. You see, I've got to go to these meetings and I've got to come up with ideas for how to make the school better and I've got to meet with my principal and I've got to meet with the other class presidents and the whole student council and I've got to have all these meetings and meetings and meetings and I've got to do all this stuff. And I thought being the class president meant I would just, you know, stand up on the stage every once in a while in, in General Assembly and then and maybe people would, like, clap for me or something and maybe I'd get to go first in the lunch line. But no, this comes with a lot of work. And I was, I was seriously thinking about stepping down. 
because I'm not interested in all that extra work. I kind of just wanted to be important. You know, there's this verse in the Bible where the disciples, Jesus' 12 disciples, they were, they were kind of hassling him because they wanted to see which one of them was going to be the best disciple. And they, were, they wanted Jesus to, you know, settle the bet or whatever, to, to tell them which one of them was the best. And he said to them, whichever of you wants to be first must be last. He told them that if they wanted to be great, that they needed to be the servant of all. And you know, here's the thing is Jesus is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He's God's son. He is God. You know, he didn't come to the earth to, to be served by people. You know, he didn't come to the earth to get, you know, a round of applause and be first in the lunch line. No, he came to save us from our sins. And on top of that, he did all kinds of other things to serve other people. Like he washed people's feet, nasty, muddy, gunky feet. And he told his disciples that the first will be last. That if they wanted to be the best, they needed to be the servant of everybody. And so, you know what? I don't think I am going to step down from this job of, of class president. I'm going to stick it out. Because you know what? I was looking through the binder of all the things I got to do. And I think there's a lot of good I can do for my class. It's going to be a lot of work, but I, I really think I can be a help. And so my challenge to you guys today is that you and I would follow Jesus' example and that we would serve other people. And we wouldn't just be looking to, you know, be served ourselves, but that we would look for ways that we can serve others, that we can make other people's lives better, and we can help make the world a better place. Jesus set the perfect example of service for you and for me. So let's follow that example and put the needs of other people first. Thank you. Let's have the reading now. The reading is from John 13, verses 1 to 17, and it's entitled, Jesus Washes His Disciples' Feet. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, You do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. (coughs) No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him. And that was why he said, not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you, he asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. 
I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Amen. We'll sing together once again, and at the end of this song I'll receive uh, the offering. Uh, I give you all the honour. Let's stand and sing.
once again we come to say thank you in this most practical of ways. Please take all that we have and all that we are and use even us to further your kingdom. Amen. Now if you're involved with Junior Church, it's time for you to take your leave. The Lord be with you. shall pray together, friends. Let us pray. We're glad, Father God, that we have the opportunity to bring our intercessions to you uh, at least once a week. For the truth is that there is much in the world that perplexes us. There's a lot that we find difficult, and there's a lot that could overwhelm us if we did not have you to speak to, if we did not have you to bring these things to, uh, life would be very, very difficult for us. There's a lot in our news about the world and the environment and the way in which we need to look after the planet. This has been coming up our agenda for many, many years and now uh, it almost feels like we're at crisis point and we have... All sorts of people warning us that we need to do something. We need to change the way that we live. We need to change how we travel. We need to change what we eat. We need to change the way that we buy our clothes. And we need to change how long we keep our clothes for. We need to think about how we get rid of our rubbish. Life never was as complicated as this, Lord, before. But because we've not been attentive to your world and to what your world has been showing us down through the years, we now find ourselves at this point. Help us to be alert to what is going on around us. Help us to think a little more about how we shop, how we travel how we get rid of our rubbish. Help us to do the right things, Lord, and not just to go on in the same old way. We think about COP26, the meeting of the world's leaders in Edinburgh, uh, sorry, Glasgow, uh, in a few days' time. We pray, Lord, that the leaders of the world will have come together not just to talk, not just to set targets, but to, to show how targets can be met. Everyone will want to outdo the others in terms of setting targets. But let them have plans, Lord, to see those targets realised and help us to play our part in seeing those targets realised. We think about Afghanistan, Lord, and people at risk there from violence. There are still lots of people that want to leave that country and were told that they could, but have not been able to. 
and they are in significant danger. They were opposed to the rule of the Taliban. They worked with the armed forces of the West and with governments of the West to try and overthrow the Taliban. And now the Taliban are back. And they are not looking in a kindly fashion upon those who were once their enemies. And indeed, probably still are. So we pray, Father, that the promises that were made by our government will be kept. And again, not just words, but real practical activity that will see those people brought to places of safety. God help those who are really worried and very afraid for themselves and for their families in these days and in the immediate future. We've also become aware, Lord, that there's been a military coup in Sudan and that the people of that country are not welcoming the military takeover of their government. They were looking towards greater democracy, looking towards greater civilian engagement and involvement. And people have been on the street to say that they do not want the military. Will you draw near, Lord, to that place and keep everyone safe? Our own country find that we in our own country we find ourselves in dispute once again with our near neighbours in France. This time to do with fishing. Uh, we know there are all sorts of things going on. Uh, we know it's not straightforward. We know people are making a point. We pray that cool heads will prevail. We pray that there will not be an escalation, uh, and that we will be able to come to some agreement about who may or may not fish in the seas around our island. We know, Father, that we can get on with one another because we have done in the past. It's very, very difficult to see a way forward right now because tempers are hot. So we pray for a cooling and for resolve. Cross Milton Keynes, Lord, we give you thanks for all those who are involved in social care. Looking after children, young people, vulnerable adults, older folk. We give you thanks for the work that they do. It's very often unseen. And yet we need them. We need them as much as we need anyone. We pray for all those who work in care homes and ask, Lord, that there might be someone today who will thank them for their work, someone who will offer them a word of encouragement and appreciate them. Thank you, Lord, for all that have offered and who work in these particular places. We gather up our prayers as we say the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, 
hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. As we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. Amen. We'll sing together once again, I the Lord of sea and sky.
So as our little puppet friend reminded us uh, earlier in that video clip, the disciples have been arguing about who was the greatest. Uh, and in, in other Gospels, you'll find Jesus taking a child and standing the child in their midst and explaining that if they want to be great in the kingdom of God, then they've got to become like a child. But it's interesting, I think, that the disciples... Uh, should have that particular mindset among them. Uh, And here, on the eve, really, of his death, uh, a very painful death, Jesus makes the point once again, it's not about who is the greatest among you. It is about how we serve. And this discipline of service in the kingdom is really, I think, one of the most difficult for us to engage with because there are all sorts of motivations that are flying around among us uh, when this is raised. I thought that was really interesting, David, uh, the pairings that you picked up earlier. And I was just thinking to myself, there's one or two nurses I know uh, that would be very interested in having a chat with you afterwards about their importance in the life of things. Uh, And, of course, I think it's uh, it's interesting to reflect on where we would like to be in the scheme of things, in the pecking order. And I thought that was beautifully done, the way that you did that. Um, Because, of course, actually, it's not always about being the greatest for us. But we really don't want to be the least. We don't want to be the bottom. We don't want to be the one that's at the end. The one who is thought so little of. Jesus is very clear about what is going to come to him. Verses 1 and 2 were very, very clear about that. It was just before the Passover feast. Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. And I think that's something we need to be very clear about from the outset Jesus' motivation in all of this is love and demonstrating love to those he found himself among. So the motivation for service, if we are to be like Jesus, should be that we love one another. Uh, And we've heard Jesus say in the past uh, that the, uh, the commandments are summed up really Uh, in those two twin themes. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength and love your neighbour as yourself. And here, that love uh, that Jesus has for his disciples is demonstrated uh, in a very clear act of service. Remember, he knows that what he's facing is his arrest and trial. He's facing his crucifixion. His transition from the earth back to Father in heaven is about to begin. Uh, So those events are not a mistake. Those events are not unexpected by Jesus. After all, he has predicted his death uh, throughout his life. And he's spoken very openly about what is going to happen to him. Uh, You can see that throughout the gospel narrative. Jesus is very secure in his own identity, isn't he? He's utterly secure in who he is in God's sight. When he was baptized, Father spoke, This is my son, 
I'm well pleased with him. Jesus was rock solid in that conviction. uh, And it was tested and tried immediately after the baptism, driven by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil for 40 days and 40 nights. Jesus is comfortable in his own skin. And as a result, he's free to take on any role, any role at all, from the most exalted to the most humble. And it really doesn't matter. It doesn't affect his standing with God. It does not affect his understanding of himself. I wonder where you are uh, in that respect and in that regard. There are some days when I am absolutely rock solid about this and I'm absolutely clear about where I stand with God. And there are other days when that is less so. And it's always the way, it seems to me, that when I am less rock solid, less sure about where I stand with God, those niggly little things come along that upset. Those odd words are spoken that make you think, what? And we get poked a little. Know who you are in Christ. Know where you stand in terms of God's love for you. Remind yourself daily, you are a beloved child of God. You are a daughter, a son of the King. And you are loved to the uttermost. Every day, remind yourself about that. So Jesus is able to take on the lowliest role and does. And this is a surprise to the disciples because they know very well it should have been one of them that was doing this and it is not one of them it is the Lord and the focus narrows uh, and it's Peter once again who voices concern but here he speaks for all of us doesn't he Uh, Remember, the disciples have been arguing about who's the greatest. They will not take on the role of a servant. They will not take on the role of a slave. That would be humiliating. Jesus, however, does take on that role because of all we've been saying about him. And as he goes from person to person, one can sense a growing discomfort amongst the disciples. And as he approaches Peter, there's this explosive, no, Lord, no. And Jesus says gently, yes, Peter. Well, not just my feet then, but head and hands and and everything. No, just your feet, Peter. You don't understand what I'm doing now, but you will. Peter does not want to allow this. He still wants to find another way. You'll remember uh, when he had that great blinding revelation about Jesus. Who do people say that I am? Well, some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're one of the prophets. Come back. Some say you're Elijah. Well, what about you? Who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you are the Christ. Well done, Peter. Flesh and blood 
did not reveal that to you, but my Father in heaven. Now, the Son of Man will be handed over to the authorities and will be killed. And No, no, Lord, no, no, no. Get behind me, Satan. Peter's still running with an alternative agenda. And Jesus will not have that. If you don't allow this now, if you don't allow me to wash your feet now, you won't have any share in what I'm going to be doing. And it is a partial humiliation, I guess, to be washing someone's feet. But soon Jesus will undergo a complete humiliation. His arrest, trial, mockery, crucifixion. Peter stands for us all, I think, wanting to be in control, wanting to call the shots, wanting to say what will happen and what will not happen. Handing over control of my life and my ultimate destiny is not easy, but it is required. If we are going to be disciples of this Jesus, it is required. If we are to have a share in who Jesus is, if we are to have a share in what he has done. And this foot washing is symbolic of the cleansing which will come as a result of Jesus' death on the cross. When I was converted a hundred years ago, back in the 70s, uh, it wasn't uncommon for me to hear the phrase, the question, have you been washed in the blood of the Lamb, brother? People would ask it all the time. It sounds disgusting, doesn't it? But necessary. And of course it's about, you know, have we accepted what Jesus did on the cross for us? And when we take communion, you know, we we drink the wine, don't we? And we remember the poured out blood for our sake. That foot washing is symbolic of the washing that we will need in order to make it into the arms of God the Father. Uh, Jesus is our example, isn't he, in this. Do you understand what I've done for you? Well, no, of course they don't. They have no idea what he has done. He has loved them unconditionally. He has served them, all of them, despite what he knows. They are all going to let him down, all of them. Peter's going to deny him three times. Judas has betrayed him and is going to complete that betrayal within hours. And they're all going to run away and leave him. Jesus knows all of this and still loves them and still serves them. How can he do this? How could he do this? Because he knows who he is. He knows he is utterly secure in the Father's love. He trusts him absolutely and completely. These are the things that we need to know if we're going to follow the example of Jesus. 
These are the things we need to know if we are going to be able to serve properly in the kingdom of God. These are the things we need to know if we're going to serve with right motives in the kingdom of God. We need to know that we are loved to the uttermost. We need to know that we are redeemed. We're not trapped in the past or trapped by the past. We need to know that we are free to take on any role from the greatest to the least. And we need to know in the kingdom of God to follow Jesus properly you start with the least. As we keep these things before us in the days that lie ahead, we will make a difference. We'll make a difference at home, at work, in the church, and beyond. Now that you know these things, says Jesus, you will be blessed if you do them. Interesting to see how this is worked out practically among us. Let us pray. Father God, thank you for your word and for all that it teaches us. Thank you for this episode in your life, Lord Jesus, where you showed what it means to be a disciple. We looked last week at submission service follows on help us to be mindful of where we are and of whom we are among let us serve from right motives not because we are seeking praise or glory but because we want to serve you And here you are, in our midst, amongst all of us. Continue to reveal more of your presence and more of your will to us, we pray. We ask it in your glorious name. Amen. So let's sing together once again. I want to serve the purpose of God in my generation. Let's stand and sing together.
of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all evermore. Amen.